if you will, in the theater of your mind, two geeks. For our purposes, Marshall and Pat, who have decided no longer to bite chickens' heads off, but to instead enter the realm of internet radio. If suddenly you find yourself hearing talk of comic books, television shows, and motion pictures, you may have inadvertently thrown your chips down on Always Bet on Geek. Limousine, riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, always bet on geek podcast. Woo! <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Man, and you're listening to Always Bet on Geek. Wait a minute, didn't Wesley Snipes say that? Didn't Wesley Snipes go to prison? Didn't Wesley Snipes go to prison for tax evasion? Don't bet on black, folks. Bet on geek. Just got back from the post office. Yeah. I uh, spent a lot of money on these international uh, mail things. If, I, if I'm remembering, you spent close to $80 for like $8 worth of comics. Well, yes, but not really because, you know, um, the artist of the comic actually signed the books for me. So it's so technically worth more. Well, no, probably not, but oh. it's, <laughs> it's worth more than the... Because, I mean, you can go to the secret stash and you can buy these books off the shelf. Right. And if Walt happens to be there, if he likes you, you know what? I don't even want to say it that way. He probably will sign the comics for anybody who comes in and asks him to. But Fair it, enough. it's getting to New Jersey and getting to the secret stash, I guess, is the big thing. And thankfully, uh, Beege and Gemma uh, PayPal'd me shipping costs, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Cause wow, I, that was nice of them. Yeah, because they donated to the GoFundMe on top of it. Then I'm like, yeah, I'll ship them to y'all, no problem. Then I looked online, and it's like, what baseline 30-something dollars for international? Good God, you know what, y'all? I know that you offered, and I said no, but I think I'm going to have to take you up on that offer. <laughs> right. Uh, I'd like to reconsider my offer. Right. So before I get started, I would like to tell there was eight people who donated to the GoFundMe. Your packages are in the mail. You know what? I hear this squeaky-ass chair, so let me change the chair while I'm talking. Are we are we recording? Yes. Cool. Good, good, good. Skype record starts recording as, as soon as the connection, the call is connected. Gotcha. And I've been recording on my side. Gotcha, um, gotcha. I actually should look up that, uh, that alternative. I'll see if I can find it right now. But go ahead. Um, eight people donated. Beach and Sky 
<clears throat> they are the host and co-host, or they're the two co-hosts of the the BS Pod, which is uh, our, I guess we're cousins because we're all in the MPWO network. And then Beej's dad, uh, David, threw in some, and then Beej's f- uh, co-worker, I think, Kayla. To those four, thank you very much. Gemma from the UK. <clears throat> Joe in Michigan, thank you. Uh, Aaron in Washington. <clears throat> and then there was the last one who, when she donated, she was anonymous. So she knows who she is. Uh, she, I won't say anything else about it. But Very well. Your packages, your packages are in the mail. Y'all, I will never forget it. Y'all helped make, even though it was a small dream, you helped make my dream come true. And I love you all very much. That being said, what's up, everybody? My name is Marshall, Squishy Nasink on Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Welcome to Always Bet on Geek. I'm sitting here in the same room that I usually sit in, surrounded by all the same shit that I'm usually surrounded by, absorbing the ambience, the geek ambience, whatever. And today, (laughs) Pat will not be joining us. He is too busy being a diva and a slacker. After the last episode, you know, you heard the vacuum in the background. Well, it's not a vacuum. It was, I guess, his iPad or his uh, laptop or something. So he can't sit in the same spot. Whatever. He needs a headset mic before he records again, y'all. So, at SXYBLKMN on Twitter. That's right. Sexy black man on Twitter. Y'all give him some shit. Because, I mean, it's getting hard to record this podcast now. Because Pat has so many reasons why he can't do stuff. And since he's not on this episode, he will hear this. That's right, Pat. (laughs) Fuck you, buddy. (laughs) So today, we are joined (laughs) by our, I guess, uh, part-time co-host, at The Mystic Mojo. Say what's up, Ry. Hey, how's it going, geekers? Glad to be back. And uh, we had talked about this last night. Um, I think today's topic, yes, we actually have a topic, will be favorite movies slash childhood movies slash whatever. Movies? Movies. Did I say movies? Okay. Yeah, hashtag movies. Hashtag movie night. Hashtag Netflix and chill. No, we're not doing that. Wait, you're not like on social media and with it like that do you know what hashtag and chill means no that <laughs> i do not not hashtag i'm a netflix and chill no. <laughs> I've, no i've been hearing it now for about a year basically you know like on grand theft auto when the girl asks you to come in for some coffee it means let's get down right that's what netflix and chill means it means let's get down <laughs> yeah i i've seen a few reference to it on imager and I kind of got the context from it, uh, mostly just because of jokes. Right. But, well, that's you know, it. <laughs> yeah. It's not hey, every now. Well, one of the great things about your podcast is every now and then I'll have to go and uh, Google something that I hear on Urban Dictionary because <laughs> I learned something new that I almost wish I hadn't learned. But still, knowledge is power. Yay. Okay. Well, I'm curious now. What did you have to look up that you didn't want to know? <laughs> I did not know what a snowball was. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and now I do. <laughs> and oddly enough, the mic that I'm using is called a snowball. Oh, wow. That's really ironic. Yes. So <laughs> I speak, I put my mouth on the snowball every time we record. And if you're talking about our podcast, I assume that you were listening to the tale of how I was snowballed. Yes, and how how somebody almost got slapped for it. Yeah, it was pretty close. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that really, would be a shocker. really, to me, though, spitting in someone's face is worse. But, you know, it just depends on the person. Fair enough. Like, I'd, just... I'd rather you slap me than spit in my face, because if you spit in my face... I'm gonna jump on you probably I don't know I think I think we had a conversation about that years and years ago that we were comparing like you know ways that you could really offend somebody if you just really wanted to be a jerk and I think we both agreed spitting in the face is pretty much right up there with you know right just like if yeah it just I it's like it's not so much that you know the effect you know like getting slapped like hurts you know and it'd be humiliating and stuff like that but there's something about just just it's like you're completely de- there's like an emotional impact more than the physical so yeah that's funny i guess we were having a conversation on how best to demean somebody yeah. <laughs> well i think originally we were talking about what would set us off i think the original conversation was you know if what were our trigger points like how much you know bs would we take this home before we would just snap <laughs> right I don't know, uh, you know, if I'm pissed off enough to slap somebody, I, I probably won't just slap them, I'll backhand them, because that's just a little bit, like, extra. <laughs> you know, a little icing on the on Yeah, the it's called a bitch slap for a reason, you know. Okay, so, I'm not really sure how to start with the, the movie talk. Was there any movie in your childhood, what... Was there a pivotal movie that like changed your your world, your mindset, your did you yeah did you have a movie like that? Uh, I actually yes, there were several, but the one that like really comes to mind was a very traumatic experience that I had. And when we were discussing this last night to lock down what we wanted to go ahead and uh, discuss. Uh, this just comes to me as one of the first stories to tell, and it's and it's not like in a wonderful adventure story where like you know I was I was moved to tears or inspired to greatness. No, this is where a little bit of uh, my <laughs> innocence was destroyed at a young age. Oh, sad. So this was I don't know what year. I want to say I was about six or seven. I'd actually have to look at a calendar to be exact, but I was fairly young, and I was. I was also in a family that didn't uh, see horror movies and stuff like that, so I was pretty sheltered. Uh, they didn't really want to expose me to that kind of nonsense, which is fine. I mean, I, you know, I don't feel like I missed it. I, I see, can see them anytime I want as an adult now. Right. But as a kid, I was relatively sheltered, and so you know, I'd seen Star Wars and those kind of stuff, uh, and we had seen. Uh, all the Indiana Jones and my mom and de- uh, stepdad, uh, we all went to see them in the movies. And then the Temple of Doom came out, <laughs> and that movie was so awesome, <laughs> fun. It was, you know, all this adventure in Indiana Jones. And then, then they get 
Mola Rum. <laughs> and and I'm watching and I'm like I'm a little concerned to kiss because you know they got this guy he's in the cage you know and you know they're obviously doing this big chanting ritual and I'm like wow I hope Indy comes in and saves him I mean this this can't be good and then like the chanting rises to a crescendo and the drums are uh, beating and he reaches in and he pulls this man's heart out of his chest. And I was devastated. I had never even thought as a child that that was a physical act that could be done, much less witnessed. And I was so traumatized. I like after that, I just don't even barely remember the rest of the movie. I was just like, ah, uh, bad stuff. So I remember that really <laughs> messed me up for a while. <laughs> yeah, way to go. No, it's not physically possible. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> According to the movies, it is. But yeah, no, it was definitely an unexpected result. And to my fragile little young mind, it <laughs> was incomprehensible. Uh, it was definitely, you know, I remember hearing uh, you guys mention about Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street and how that messed you guys up for a while. Yeah. I think that was my equivalent where I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't process life for a little while. This is this is a six minute clip, so I don't guess I got to the point where you were talking about just yet. That is very mm. impressive that you were able to retrieve so quickly. YouTube's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy being locked in the cage, and he's praying to right. Sheba, I guess Shiva. And the worst part about it is Indy, short round, and um, right. the chick, I forgot her name, in the movie, and I know she's Steven Spielberg's wife, but I forgot what are, Kate's, oh shit. I'm so oh, bad well. with uh, actors and actresses' names. Uh, I'm, I'm but, yeah, I know usually you're pretty about. good, but uh, they sit there and watch. He didn't even try to save him. No. He's like, <laughs> man, this is going to be messed up. Loose. Yeah, he's like, hard. That's hardcore. Wait, I'm a scientist. How is that guy still alive? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually remember about five or six years ago, I decided to watch it again. Uh, not that I was avoiding it, but I just, it hadn't come back up and I knew what the story was, but I w was ready to like, you know, kind of look at it from an adult perspective. And it was still, it's a well scared, done scene. Scared the shit out of you still. Huh, well, <laughs> it doesn't scare the shit out of me anymore because I mean, I've definitely matured in my understanding of movie effects and stuff like that but it was still i feel done well enough that uh it captures the moment of you know the horror and the malice and the dark you know you know rituals and stuff like that that uh at least i feel justified that as a child i sh probably should have been terrified of that scene yeah and then at the end 
whenever he tries to get Indy's heart. Right. He's fighting, he's fighting him off, and you're like, no, not Indy. <laughs> but then all of the Indiana Jones movies just kind of come to a lighthearted spin at the end of part three when he looks at him and says, we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> That's right. His you dad. were named after the dog. <laughs> I love John Reese davies too, by the way. Uh, Sala. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was, he, uh, he was in Sliders too, right? Sliders, yeah. Yep, uh, yep. He was, and he was Gimli. Gimli, right. Yeah, I mean, that man's been around. He's a legend, dude. Absolutely. Everybody in that... Um, that franchise ended up being a legend. Yeah. Even little short round. I mean, he was in the Goonies and he was, he doesn't do movies and stuff anymore, but, uh, I've read that he just recently has resurfaced to start, to start doing cons and stuff. Oh, really? Just kind of, you know, getting back into, uh, the, the fandom of it all. Uh huh. Just like, um, what's her name from aliens? Newt, the little girl. Oh, she getting back into the action. She's, it, doing cons and stuff now, but you know she did that one movie. She never wanted to be a an actor or anything. They just kind of discovered her. She did that movie and then went off to live her life. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, because the I think Aliens like fiftieth anniversary, not fiftieth, twentieth anniversary has is recent twenty fifth anniversary something. But the whole cast has gotten together and they're doing cons and stuff now. Wait, that would that would be really cool. Well, I mean, I love the fact that Sigourney Weaver has basically become like the matriarch of science fiction. Uh, you know, yeah. she's still constantly, you know, getting her name and her face involved in stuff. Uh, there was, I, uh, I like the fact, have you seen, I think it's called Paul, where Seth Rogen plays an alien. Oh, and, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so uh, obviously, spoiler alert, but the head villain turns out to be scrawny weaver and you know it's just fun to see her on the other end instead of being the hero right she was in avatar too yeah so yep yep I'm trying to think she's been in a bunch of stuff I, no, I, she I, really I... has she's been consistently involved in that whole franchise uh i know there's another one. Oh, uh what you call it? galaxy quest Oh, which of is course. hilarious if you haven't seen like, it. The article, the article was all about my boobs <laughs> and how I keep them in my suit. You have a character that people love. <laughs> I've which... got one job on this ship, and it's stupid, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. Do... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, some really good quotes came from that movie. Oh, yeah. So, like... but... Yeah, I mean, give me a give. So let's trade quid per quo. Give me a childhood traumatic movie. I mean, I well, traumatic. one that maybe our listeners haven't heard because I know you know you mentioned Friday the Thirteenth. Um, is there or and I guess it just doesn't have to be traumatic. Mine was because I, I was a little wimpy kid. But. Yeah, the the first it wasn't traumatic. I mean, it was, but not in a bad way. Uh, the first time I saw Star Wars. Really, man. I was trying to move shit with my mind <laughs> for, to this day, every once in a while, I'm like, just, just no, in case, okay. it's just been a latent ability. Just well, no. it's it's there. Everybody can do it, right? It's just you know, science and reason has made you believe that it's not possible. So you know, if you really just knew that you could do it, you could probably do it. Well, you know, they say you know, if you had the faith of a mustard seed. You can move mountains. I have never heard that. Yep. I'm not really sure what the hell that means. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 
<laughs> I'm def definitely not a religious person who can quote things, but as I recall, it was a quote uh, associated with Jesus saying that uh, you just need to have the faith of a mustard seed and you can move mountains. But I'm sure any number of our uh, geekers out there will be able to lambast me with my complete and utter butchering of uh, the biblical quotes. Well, I mean, I went to Catholic school with the first half of my life, and I can't help you there, so <clears throat> I'm probably worse off than you are in this at this point. Or I've just completely made it up and been lying to myself my entire life. Either way. Yeah, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know... Um... How a mustard seed has faith at all? I think it's just meant to be an, um, you know, an analogy to uh, inspire, to just believe, and have faith without, you know, overthinking it. But either faith, way, faith without reason. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> all right. So, have you had any luck moving anything with your mind? Uh, spoons. My penis. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Well, hey, that's a form of telekinesis. I mean, technically, you're not using your hands. <laughs> Let's see. Other than Star Wars, <laughs> um, Indiana Jones franchise was always big with me. Um, the Karate Kid, I remember. Oh, yeah. That made every kid remember. believe that if he just took some classes or found an old man who could teach him, he could beat up all the bullies in the school. It was a great movie. Yeah, but it never helped because I got my ass kicked a lot when I was a kid. Uh, well, I grew up without any grandfathers or grandfather like, uh, you know, role models, so I didn't have anybody to teach me ancient martial art wisdoms. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody taught me anything. <laughs> I just thought that if I focused, <laughs> focused. then I I would be able to. Just I don't do know. A little wax see on, the, little wax off. See the see the punch coming maybe yeah. or I don't know. It, well, I did practice plenty of crane kicks as a kid, and I still feel I have yeah. pretty good form even to this day. <laughs> uh, but luckily, I've never had to exercise it against anybody. Except for everybody's seen the a Karate Kid Part Two, and they know how to counter it now. So it's you know. <laughs> wait, there's a counter. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what he said. He's like, wait a second, I didn't think there was a counter. Dude was like. Uh, I've been studying this shit since I was two, man. <laughs> Fuck you. So then he had to learn the little drum technique, which is just, I don't know what the fuck to call it, the twist? Well, I guess I'll have to rewatch that movie. It's been a little while since I've seen that one. Oh. You could ask Pat about it. he That's the one he likes a lot, too. Oh, yeah? Well, I liked part three. Whenever he was he came back from uh, whatever and... Yokonawa? Uh, Okinawa oh, no. and the the John Kreese, Kreese, the dude from the Cobra Kai dojo. Yeah. He uh, supposedly died, and his teacher. It was a whole big long thing to get Daniel's um, title from the 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 karate championship thing that he won, and he took him under his wing. And he started teaching him because um, Mr. Miyagi said, you know, you won. We did that out of necessity. I'm not going to, you know, glory and stuff. That's not honor. Right. So he didn't want to, so he didn't want to teach him. So the dude's, the dude's sensei, the John, the Cobra Kai sensei, he took Daniel under his wing and he's teaching him how to be violent and hateful and think without, you know, without balance and uh, teaches. And they just beat his ass through the whole movie until he finally signs when Mr. Miyagi finally decides to teach him is whenever John Kreese shows back up 
he's like, yeah, I'm not dead, and it, it's a long, big thing, but it's uh, it was pretty cool because it reminded me of my my youth getting my ass kicked a lot and (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily coming back out on top. (laughs) There were just parts of it that just really felt like you could identify with it. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, you know, yes, it teaches you how to fight, but it also makes you a paranoid freak who doesn't want to leave his house. And here I am in my room again. Well, you know, you're only paranoid if they're not trying to get you. Well, you never know. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And you did you? I mean, you've seen part one. Yeah, actually, did I've you seen, realize I have seen all three? It's just been so long, and part one I saw relatively recently, so I had a refresher. But go ahead. And I forgot I was listening to a podcast. I have no idea which one because there's too many of that I listen to. But they brought up something that was a trip that I never thought about. Daniel won that tournament off an illegal move. Leg kicks, face kicks were illegal. He kicked the dude in the face and won. Oh, uh, you know what? I think I remember uh, making a mental note of that when I saw it last time. <laughs> it was just like, eh, it's the 80s. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, <laughs> they kicked him in the leg. He came back. You know, the judges were just like, all oh, right, good job. Well, hey. Here's your, here's your, here's your trophy. You're, you're not a complete <laughs> puss. Oh. All right, give it to him. <laughs> yeah, I think the Karate Kid actually was responsible for more ass whoopings for me than anything else because I stood up to the bullies after that. And that began my five-year beatdown fest. Before I st- <laughs> Those are the before best I- kind of fest. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, between the, what, seventh and eighth grade, I grew a whole foot. And I lost all the baby weight and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, people didn't know who I was. Which made it even more shallow whenever I grabbed a hold of a bully and started pounding on him. <laughs> like, know. who are you? Why do you make <laughs> What did I do to you? <laughs> I'm sure you, was only... sure you deserve this for something. <laughs> <laughs> there was only two bullies that I didn't get a chance. There was one who got expelled out of school in the eighth grade before I even got to him. And then one dude, I forgot his, well, I know his name. I won't even say it, though. <laughs> I was going to try to lie and say I forgot his name, but he traumatized me, so I remember who the fuck he is. Yeah. Um, I stepped up to him, and he was like, yeah, you got, you got, what's his name? Because they were like a duo. One was short, and he was big. He was like, you got him, but uh, you think you're coming for me? And I'm like, yep, and I rushed him, and that dude whooped me so bad. There's only I've only been whooped one other time worse than that. He, he, he beat me down pretty good, and then he, you know, rubbed it in, stood over me made fun of me, all that kind of stuff. It was a horrible, horrible time. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was that was in elementary school. I was going to say, before. was this high school? <laughs> yeah, this was before high school. Uh, and then this, 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 after, is, this is pre-horror. Yeah, and then after high school, that's when the real shit started. Because, you know, I was a kid on the streets thinking that I was a fucking hard, hard ass. And, uh, yeah, I whooped an adult or two. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Just like when I see kids walking up and down the street acting like they're tough and shit, mean-mugging people, grown men, I'm like, man, I hope somebody doesn't hurt you when you get humbled. <laughs> I, I hope. Because, I mean, every young man needs to be humbled. Otherwise, they grow up thinking that they're the biggest, baddest thing in the world. And realistically, that's not the case. No, it never is. There's always somebody bigger and better no matter who you are. That's just the, the world. Right. That's, yeah. So it's like, you know, you... I don't know. I, I shouldn't say that you should be humbled in your life, but you should learn your boundaries. You should learn what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. 
Well, it's an important lesson for all of us. It helps us grow so we can achieve our potential for not wasting our time on, uh, you know, energies and uh, endeavors that are not beneficial to ourselves and our loved ones. So that's the lesson you should take away from yourselves uh, from this podcast today, Geekers, is, you know, uh, be humble so somebody doesn't have to come and beat your face in the show. That's not exactly what no, I No, that's saying. what I got. Taking it, I'm done. <laughs> My lesson for today. Yeah, especially for us role players who <laughs> fantasize and live in fantasy worlds. Right. Uh, you can't really jump from a moving car. You really can't, you know, jump, you know, dodge a well, bat when it's being swung at you. You can't really just do stuff like that. Well, it depends. Do you have your D20 with you before it happens? I mean, roll it. If you get that natural 20, go ahead and go for it. Problem is, by the time you think to roll, you've already been Bam. hit. It's over. <laughs> oh man, I forgot my D twenty. Or, or more like, see if you're good enough to hold on to the D twenty when you fall <laughs> unconscious. If you can keep a hold of your D twenty, you are the king gamer. Exactly. Shit. Oh man. Yeah, this is straight a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So back to movies. So are there any movies that you remember from your childhood that you felt were inspirational or that you, you know, carried something away from that? Like you felt, you know, that that was something that really made me a better person. Uh, not that made me a better person. I thought Star Wars, <clears throat> like when I finally saw Return of the Jedi in the theaters, it was pretty badass for me because, you know, Luke became a Jedi and they saved Han, and they blew up the Death Star, and the uh, wait—they blow stuff. up the they, Death Star. <gasps> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> oh, what? Hold on. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, it was just too easy. Had to go from the low-hanging fruit. Uh, it's all good. I don't know. Um, probably. No, nothing that made like a impact more than Star Wars did. Um, I remember though when I was really young, I discovered discovered Christopher Lambert or Lambert or however you pronounce his name. The uh, we went to the theaters to see, and if you haven't seen this, okay, Christopher Lambert for those Lambert for those who don't know, he was the Highlander from the Highlander show. The only TV one. Show, the right the the movie, <clears throat> but his very first his very first movie was called Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan. Oh, I did not know that. Man, and still, the sad thing is, his first movie could possibly be the best movie he's ever done. It it was, I mean, we were speaking like, oh, 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 hitting our chest and oh, 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 for months and months and months. <laughs> it was inspirational, huh? Well, my, my uncle, uh, Uncle Bill, was really into the Tarzan novels growing up. And that's he did it, the and the and the you know rubbing the wrists and how monkeys talk and act yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in fact, my cousin Rachel, this may not be true. This is just the story that I've heard. He told me um, he got in a lot of trouble with his wife at the time. My cousin Rachel was still in a high chair, so however old that was, <clears throat> her first words, <laughs> she. Pointed over to the ketchup and said, "Oh, oh, oh!" oh <laughs> That's so awesome and horrible at the same. Oh God, Lord, man! Uh, uh, <laughs> you might have a problem but when that, your baby's uh, picking up on primate speech. 
But uh, he that that movie put me on a spiral of cheesy B grade movies for the rest of my life because I don't think he's ever done anything that's been too much. You know, I'm not even sure if he won any awards or anything about that. You know, the actual box office of that movie. But I mean, I've seen so I own so many bad movies. I mean, the Highlander movies were awesome. I really dug that. Uh, you know, it spawned the TV series, and I loved Adrian Paul, the Duncan McLeod on the TV show. Oh, right. <laughs> but he did a movie called The Sicilian, which was uh, uh, like a prequel to The Godfather, made by the same dude that did The Godfather flicks, um, that wrote the books, not um, Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola, who did the movies. Uh, and then he did one with Ice-T called Mean Guns. He did one called Druids. He, I mean, and these are all really bad movies, man. I think I even might have seen some of Druids before I put it away. <laughs> I mean, the only th- I don't know. I think they were on the whole uh, the whole level of Escape from New York, L.A., Snake Bliskin. Right, which actually is Jeez. a pretty good movie considering. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's that's another one of my favorite actors growing up was uh kurt right. russell man i mean uh captain ron i really love that movie tango and cash yep i own uh, that uh, uh 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 he was in stargate i like that movie oh that, that's right yeah he was the original um uh uh not was, was he a captain the uh the commander of the squad i want to say he was a Colonel. yeah you're right you're right you're right that's what it was you know, I should know this because I have all the TV, the series, the TV shows on DVD. I know it was Daniel Jackson, and he was Richard Dean Anderson, but that's the actor who played him in the TV show. Um, holy shit. I really, okay, y'all should reach across here and smack me for not knowing the dude. Smack. Name. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Anyway, and then uh, there was another movie soldier but there was a movie that he did that was like his pivotal role for me uh, I should have wrote all this shit down I figured my movies I'd never forget right. all this shit this is my childhood how could I forget well oh. let me go ahead and follow up. I... oh while we're while we're still doing Kurt Russell though do you know that he is I don't know if I guess he's the voice he's the voice for Ego, the Living Planet, and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, well, I did not realize that uh, they had already started casting that, but I guess it makes sense because... Oh, they're, I think they're in po- post... I, I think they're in post-production now. I think they're just about done uh, with it. so hot. Uh, <clears throat> I have to go stare at internet trailers now. Yep, you can. Because it's all the... Uh, all the stuff that I'm talking about that I saw on uh, <clears throat> the Guardians of the Galaxy comic uh, San Diego Comic Con panel <clears throat> and apparently Sylvester Stallone's somewhere in that movie too so we actually have Tango and Cash in a Marvel movie <laughs> that actually would be hot I wonder if they would make any inside <laughs> jokes about that I, don't I may know. have to rewatch Tango and Cash just to be uh, you know refreshed on all the quotes and stuff that was that was the first movie that uh, 
that I can remember. Now I don't I don't know if this is the case, but it was the first movie that I remember that they actually did like the pop culture thing and referenced another one of their movies in that movie. Like he was uh, Kurt Russell at the beginning of the movie. There's like a, a gas a gas tanker that's mostly gas, but the bottom half is full of like this super synthetic cocaine or something. Okay, and and. Uh, 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 Stallone is going to prove it to him so he pulls out his gun to shoot the tanker and they're like you know holy shit blah 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 this is crazy why are you going to do that and then uh, Kurt Russell said what do you think you're Rambo <laughs> and he's like Rambo was a pussy <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome uh, yeah that probably wasn't very uh, very common at the time to just you know put pop references in there because uh, you know just I don't know if movies in general were still, you know, quite as prevalent as they are now. Uh, I mean, obviously there were people going uh, to the movies since, you know, way back in the day. But uh, I feel like right around the 80s is where it started to become a family tradition where everybody would go. And, you know, yeah, you would just have franchises been... that the whole families would watch. And you'd have, like, you know, traditions of seeing all the movies and stuff like that. I think it might have been more prevalent back then than it is now because, you know, in the 80s, we didn't have the Internet. So we couldn't just get out and watch stuff. You know, there wasn't cable TV. You had four or five channels, and if you missed something, you had to wait for reruns. So it's like, ah, shit, I missed, you know, I missed this episode of so-and-so. Well... We'll have to wait till next year when it starts rerunning, you know. Yeah, no, there really was a time, and for you two uh, geekers out there who were born within the last 20 years, uh, there was a time when if you weren't at a, you know, at a moment where knowledge was being given, such as, you know, when a movie was coming out or, you know, something like that, you would just have to hope that you came across a person who had that knowledge in their brain and was willing to share it with you because you very easily would just not know what was going to happen or what movies were coming out. Um, you could always hopefully check out like the uh, cable TV guide and maybe they would tell you if a movie was coming to TV. But by that time, everyone that was cool had seen it and you had just missed out because... You know, you hadn't been watching TV and seen whatever that uh, two-day window was that told you about a movie. Right. Or go to one of those newspaper stands and track down yeah. one of those movie magazines or yeah, some shit. They but did have those. You, they don't have them anymore. You, you you still missed the show, but you got to see what the show was about at right. least, you know. <clears throat> yeah, the Dark Ages, man. It was pre Pre-technology, well, not pre-tech, well, but... <laughs> pre-internet. I remember w when the first VHS tape, uh, VHS recorder thing came out, it was fucking, man, mind-blowing. Because, <clears throat> I mean, there was cable then, but I remember my mom had a friend who, holy shit, she was rich, she could afford cable, she could afford HBO, and she would record, you know, three movies on one cassette tape and let us have the cassette tapes. Wow. And my mom would pay her she would pay her for these tapes like 10 bucks for three movies and we watched those movies until the tapes <laughs> fucking broke on us man they they'd be uh hanging off that little uh plastic strip in the beginning would start fading uh you'd have to be careful that you didn't twist the uh tape 
after too much use, and you know, like the whole thing would just get all jacked up. You could never watch it again. Well, I, I was a little more inventive. Whenever tapes broke, I would pull them out, I would cut them, and I would tape them, and I would splice really? them together. You would miss two seconds yeah. here and there. And then I, I learned if you didn't do it just right, if you put the tape too thick, it would eat the tape. Or if you didn't put it enough on it just right, it would snap inside the thing and eat the tape. And <clears throat> it was it was a fine art, which is something that I took much great great advantage of whenever porno tapes started coming around. Because you know, probably right about where the the money shot was wouldn't be there, and there would be some you know. Raiders of the Lost Ark or some shit spliced in there or some shit. I remember the first tape. I'm going back away from porn. That was just a side note that I was a little badass kid. Yeah. Um, the first tape that we had was Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, Baby, uh, Baby Secrets of the Lost Legend. Baby. It was like an animatronic dinosaur. The movie was called Baby. Okay. And it was... Um, uh, baby was a brontosaurus, and they were in. Are you yep. still there? Okay, my my Skype is acting crazy. Yeah, mine's a little weird um, too. Um, it was like the rainforests or the jungles in Africa or something, huh. and they found real dinosaurs, and the con the the good guys were trying to to keep the rebel army or whatever from capitalizing on them and all this stuff. And it was, it was, I don't want to say it was an adventure movie because I mean, I was a kid. So every movie that had dinosaurs in it was (laughs) was an adventure movie. And the third movie was dragon slayer, which was another probably I've seen a lot of dragon movies, but dragon slayer, probably one of the best dragon movies that shows a dragon and it's old, man. That uh, the dude from Ally McBeal, I forgot his name. Did you ever watch that show? I did, but uh, besides Ally McBeal, I'd be hard pressed to remember any of them. He was also in Ghostbusters too, as okay. the uh, the the little goofy dude Janos. Janos. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I know. What you're talking about that. Wasn't that Ally McBeal's boss? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never watched the show Ally McBeal. I just know he was one of the main characters in that. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but he was really, really young. He was like 18 or something in this movie. <clears throat> Another movie. Forget Baby. Baby's an awesome movie. If you have not seen Dragon's Lair, man, you are missing out. That Dragon's movie is... Lair or Dragon's Slayer? Not Slayer. Wait. Lair. Dragon's Lair. Okay, I'll check Dra- no, it out. No, no, Dragon's Slayer. Dragon's Lair was the, anim- the animation cartoon video game. That's what was getting me confused. Yeah, because... and that, again, it's not a movie. But Dragon's Lair is a fucking badass game. It actually, especially at the time when it came out, there wasn't. Still, I have they they pr- uh, put it out on the Wii. The first it's Wii. hard. It's yeah, it's fun. fun. It's a uh, Dragon's Lair and Space Ace and Dragon's Lair Two, on one disc. Fucking awesome, dude. Right. <clears throat> um. Uh, Dragon's Lair messed me up. Oh, but that was the first videotape that we had. And we watched that into the ground. And then my mom spent, was it $30 on a cassette tape, Sleeping Beauty, for my cousin Jenny? $30, that is a significant <laughs> investment. Wow. 
Well, it's a good thing because we watched it 15 times a day for two years. So, oh, I mean. okay. Well, then you get your money's <laughs> worth out of it. But at that time, $30, I mean, you could almost buy a VCR for that. Well, not really. It was probably still at least 50 bucks for a VCR. But still, I mean, for one tape, 50, gee, you can get that a VCR was, a, for that was 50, a gift of love. <laughs> you can get a VCR for 50 bucks now. VCRs then were like 320 <laughs> And they were giant, clunky pieces of crap. They were not durable. Uh, no, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, oh, you you were talking, and it made me think of a movie that I, uh, I really liked, and I apologize because now I just forgot it. Uh, so give me a moment as I stall and try to remember what I was going to say. Another another actor, and this I can't just pick one movie, like with Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone, um, another super iconic 80s I guess probably 90s actor Arnold Schwarzenegger right the fucking Conan movies holy shit that shit blew my mind as a kid I mean there was nudity in it right and I wasn't even allowed to see that kind of shit and he almost said like nothing in the entire series uh he you know he does speak but like he will literally go 30 minutes in a movie and not ever say anything well, there's a reason why he made a career out of one-liners that was pretty much, you know, he said Krom a whole lot, speaking to his god, Krom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to hell with you. You know, just little bitty <laughs> things like that. Um, besides Conan, what else? I feel stupid for even asking what else Arnold Schwarzenegger's done. Um, was he in Red Sonja? Or... Yeah, he was no. in Red Sonja. He was, right? Okay. Brief, briefly, yeah. Yeah. And that, was, that was another movie that, you know, there was nudity and stuff. The first movie that I ever remember, it was called Tarzan the Ape Man. Okay. And I forget who Tarzan was, but I was living in Nebraska at the time. So this was when I was like five or six. And I was always told to hide my, hide my eyes, my hand with my eyes. But I would always look. I think it was Bo Derek. She got naked through that whole fucking movie. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what Bo Derek looks like or anything nowadays. But she will always be like my first crush because I, I guess she was the first nude woman I had ever seen. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I mean, Jeez, just like the first uh, when I first moved to Memphis, um, there was a movie called. Oh shit! It wasn't Porky's. It was um. Friends no, it was nerds. No, it was Porky's. Okay. Porky's Porky's Revenge or something like that. One of the yeah. characters in there was named Pee Wee, and he was notorious for having a little penis. And there was a uh, they were at a graduation, their high school graduation, and a girl moved her moved her. Uh, gown aside and he saw her, her boob and he got really really hard and really big and he was like a celebrity for a while but that's all I remember from that that movie was just her boob I have a problem <laughs> <laughs> it sounds to me like you're a man I okay. think <laughs> I okay. wouldn't, yeah so I wouldn't work. be too concerned about it I'm pretty sure the doctors would all say that's pretty normal and natural for the male experience <laughs> Yeah, because I feel bad for, you know, defining my childhood from, uh, you know, from boob to boob and shit like that. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, we all have the things that are important to us, and, you know, 
if boobs are something you appreciate, really, there could be worse things out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people have crack. I have yep. areolas, I guess. I don't know. Hey, hey you know, I, and it's such a such a pleasant sounding word. It's you know almost almost poetic. So uh, I don't know. I always thought it sounded alien as hell. I was like, what language is that area? What? Okay. Can't we just say nipple? Isn't that the same thing? <laughs> it's it's not as romantic. <laughs> yeah, I don't think either one of those words are very romantic. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess I don't don't hear areola in poems very often. <laughs> <laughs> what even rhymes with areola anyway? Oh, so let's see. Lola. Lola's areolas. There you okay. go. That's, That'll work. Up. Yeah, I won't go any farther than that. That's fine. <laughs> there you go. Watch one. Watch one of our fans be named Lola. And now she's just gonna totally <laughs> dog us for having. I don't really. I don't really think that we have fans. I, I I really feel like a douche for calling anybody a fan. I'll say we have listeners. I even the couple of people who have told me that they are my fan. I I just kind of ignore that. And say, yeah, we have some listeners. We have friends, friends of the show. Uh, I had one person say that uh, they were my, they were like my stalker, my very first stalker, because they were following me from podcast to podcast. Very, very nice. Well, I mean, you know, fans in the universal sense that we have people who appreciate the time and effort that we're putting towards trying to get some laughs for them. So hopefully yes. we're doing that. And, and really, if we don't, that's more than fine, too, because I'm doing this mostly for us. And if people listen, that's more than fine, because I really enjoy doing this. I'm doing it for the fame. You hear me? Show me the money. Oh, well, you're, you're on the wrong podcast, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh. oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, because I have to start making money before you start making money. <laughs> and I, I mean... Besides the GoFundMe, I've seen dime zero. So, I mean, I even started my own podcasting editing business at Squishy Nos, Squishy In Studios or Squishy Nos Studios at Gmail dot com, and nice I still haven't there. had anybody. Well, you know, I'm trying to get out of the warehouse, man. If I could edit podcasts for a living and do podcasts without having to work in this warehouse where there's no air and sweat my damn body away let's say that i'm losing weight but i mean i'm starting to look like a fucking wrinkled up vagina or something man it's kind of oh well i was about to give you props for looking on the bright side and accentuating <laughs> positive and and then it just drizzled out to the final part of that statement so all right <laughs> <laughs> well that's not really true either it just always makes me think of austin powers <clears throat> when fat uh fat bastard lost all that weight in part three i think gold member right and he was like what wiggling all of his loose skin he said i look like a vagina <laughs> like, that was such an awful movie <laughs> <laughs> oh i love those movies man yeah but fat bastard when they introduced him i just felt like they had no more shame left They're like, that's it we're just gonna jump the shark just screw it it's over yeah <laughs> Well, you know, they were trying real hard. Well, that was part two. I mean, they didn't even yeah. really have to have part three come out, but, no. you know, three was funny, too. Yeah. No, those those were a fun little franchise. 
Um, so let's uh, let's let's see if we can't get back on track to some movies that we were liked as a kid. We were just so talking I, about Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, but I mean those were more modern. Oh, okay, yeah. right. That's why I said movies slash childhood movies. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we we can keep going with Austin Powers. I'm just saying. I was just no, no. It's it's fine. They weren't that good. <laughs> I didn't figure they were actually worth <laughs> devoting this much time as we had on our podcast. But hey, you know, what do I know? <laughs> I mean, we had talked about Gimli. We could have talked about Lord of the Rings for a while because yes. those movies were badass. Oh, but... God. Uh, without a doubt. But, you know. Uh, see, I don't know how young I was, but I. And it's sad to even say this, but I was affected deeply by Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, yeah. It was a. Fun... I really remember the first one was a lot of fun. I like because them both. that's where I learned what an Oedipus complex was. <laughs> <laughs> in part, in part two, I I learned that you could uh, possibly battle the Grim Reaper in a game of wits or something, and possibly win your life back. <laughs> and that could be a key piece of knowledge you might need one day. And that the Grim Reaper is a sore loser, and that you will go, you know. 17 out of 500 and whatever whatever right <laughs> and that if you beat him enough he will join your band and play bass yeah no those were definitely fun movies i felt like they just took being a dumb teenager and uh made it into something that you know what it's okay if you're a complete idiot because you're a good person at heart and you do your best to try to make the world a better place even if you fuck it up continuously Right. If you're a good person at heart, good things will happen to you, yeah. regardless of how moronic you may be. Right. And despite the fact that the world is completely not built that way, it was a nice <laughs> feeling to be able to take that away at the end of the movie. That, you know what, I am a good person. That means good things are going to happen to me. Yeah, that's exactly It's true. That's true. Because they're making another movie, and I can't wait to see that shit. They're making another and... one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whoa! This is new. They've been and they've been talking about it for like two years. But I, I saw an article. I just read the headline because I've seen the article so often over the past couple of years. But they're actually in pre-production for it because the article was something like, "Does Keanu feel sorry for whatever the dude's name is, and that's why he's doing this movie?" <clears throat> because the dude, God, whatever his name is, that played. The blog guy? Yeah, he was also in Lost Boys. He was one of the vampires. Uh, I think he was the first one to die, even. They crawled up on him yeah. in the cave, and they staked him Death in sleep. While he's sleeping upside down? Yep. Another awesome fucking movie. That was first, an amazing movie. First time I ever saw Kiefer Sutherland. The first time I ever saw... Uh, what's his name? Shit. The Big Brother? Yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, I want to say uh, it's Kurt Russell's son, uh, but that's just because that's what he reminds me of what his son would look like. Not no, that's who he is. He, he's he's not Kurt Russell's son. The only the only kid that Kurt Russell has him and Goldie Hawn, uh, Kate Hudson. Yeah, that's right. But it just always whenever I see his face in that movie, I think, oh yeah, you were definitely you come from, you know. Oh my god. See, these fucking. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sure there's people screaming at me, telling me who these people are. 
Because the big brother, he was also um, Jim Bowie in the Alamo movie with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. And Billy that Bob is playing. Seen. Oh man, that's a pretty. I mean, you know, you know what happened at the Alamo. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a happy ending. It's not a good story. Right. Living but, here in uh, Texas, it's it's automatically downloaded into your brain as soon as you get your citizenship. It's a pretty good movie because I mean, you know, it it shows how they stood up to the Santa Ana's army and you know how they made a fight of it and uh, uh, Jim Bowie was one of the most celebrated knife fighters of his time. But it was all blown out of proportion. You know, he was telling a story about what had happened and stuff. And it wasn't quite as big and bad as everyone remembered it. And Daniel Daniel Boone, just, y'all, y'all see that. It's not the one, it's not the Alamo with um, the Duke, John Wayne. It was the one with Billy Bob Thornton and, oh, I almost had it. Oh, well. But that was the first time that I had seen... Corey Haim, Corey Fieldman, back to the Lost Boys, sorry. Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, which they started. I love those two guys. Those were like childhood heroes of mine. You know what? I just lied. The Goonies was the first time I saw oh, yeah. Corey, Corey Feldman. And you know what? I think probably Goonies was probably the most pivotal movie of my childhood i'm glad you said that because i actually was going to interject when you were done because what was amazing about the goonies is that it was a story about a bunch of kids who were generally the age that most kids are when they're starting to go out and get in trouble so around 12 years old riding bikes everywhere because that's what you do with your your kid you ride your bike everywhere you ran around your little packs and then you got in trouble snuck around and found pirate treasure, which was most only of, the most most of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I found pirate treasure every weekend, man. My, my pirate my pirate treasure were uh, playboys and penthouses that the the older kids <laughs> stashed off in the woods and shit. Well, it was booty. Uh, and it was secret buried treasure. That. That's awesome. <laughs> I wish I had a, a funny retort comeback for that because that was a good little little uh, pun there. Sure. Hey, that's that's the power of editing. They'll never know. That's true. I'm getting pretty good at it. Uh, which again, <clears throat> I am sorry for the last episode, episode 25. We don't know what we call it yet, what it's going to be called. I should probably call it, is that a vacuum in the background? Because <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried for a minute. <laughs> to uh get get that sound out but then it was just like it was when pat was talking so it would be like silence when he wasn't talking and as soon as he talked it would come back in and it just made it sound worse so i didn't take it out at all i tried the the noise reduction and the the editing and the excuse me and all that stuff that didn't work either so and here i am trying to make money off of editing my bad guys i'm really pretty good i mean anyway all right, feel better? No, because <laughs> I, I couldn't fix it. Uh, a friend, a friend of ours who uh, who gave us our start, um, Brian Maxwell. We were on BadBoardy dot com. He was the one who gave us our shot to uh, to start Always Bet on Geek, and he gave us the the site so we could voice our opinions, whatever that matters. But uh, he told me right off the bat once I started doing the editing thing. 
that I would become a sound snob, and I laughed at him, and damn it, it's 100% true. When I hear somebody else's podcast where there's that background noise, or, uh, you know, it's too loud, and somebody's too li- quiet, or I just am like, uh, I want to holler at him and be like, you know what, I-, I can take care of that sound issue for a small fee, but that makes me feel like seem like an asshole. I'm almost to the point where if I'm going to listen to this podcast every week, uh, let me fix your podcast for free because this sounds awful. (laughs) But I don't do that either, which makes me an asshole for even thinking it. Well, you know what they say about assholes. Everybody's got one. Yeah, I was trying to think of something funny, man. (laughs) See, that's my problem. I wasn't sure how that was going to help him. Fly directly to the <laughs> I could not just let you just hang there out on your own, <laughs> silent. <laughs> so, well, that's the thing. Since I quit smoking weed, I'm a lot more clear-headed and I'm a, a little <clears throat> sharper. Right. But the problem is I lead myself to places and then get stuck because <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sober just yet. You know, the 30, it's not out of my system yet. So it's like, I, I know there's some funny jokes there. But once I start, I can't really finish this. Uh, whatever. It's okay. It's just like learning a new language. You just need a little time, you know. React, you know, acclimate yourself to it, and uh, you'll have your old timey wit back before you know it. Yeah, I don't know what my old timey wit is. I've been smoking since I was seventeen. I mean, uh, it's been twenty two years. Dear God, man. since I since I started smoking. I know, man. <laughs> Who are you? Ugh, I don't even know anymore, man. A, a very confused individual, I suppose. It's all good. We love you, man. Don't stress on it. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, because next to next to me, anybody seems pretty witty and stuff. That's the that's the first thing that I tell people whenever they they ask me things or if they. I have to tell them before they read any notes from me or stuff. I'm 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 extraordinarily well, maybe not extraordinarily. I am extremely remedial. So, do you just my, hand them a note from a doctor that says, "Please forgive the bearer of this note. He is not Well, cuz my curse if you can't read hardly because it's so messy. So, um and I know they don't even teach teach you how to to write script and cursive in in school anymore. It's they only don't? print. No. I remember in third grade, I went to a uh, Catholic school, um, not because of any particular uh, decision or lifestyle that my family was living, but because we had just moved into a new neighborhood, and I met. Uh, Man, what was his name? His name was Fred. I just can't remember his last name. Anyway, uh, so we had moved there that summer, and there was like a little neighborhood of kids, and there was a kid there that was about my age. His name was Fred, and within the course of the summer, we became best friends, and then school was going to start, and I wasn't going to see him again, and I was like, well, I want to go to your school. What school do you go to? And he's like, well, I go to this Catholic school, and so we ended up um, well, I actually went and told my parents, I was like, I want to go to this Catholic school because Fred goes there. And they're like, really? Do you know what that means? They're like, I don't care. I want to go there. My friend's there. I'm like, all right, we'll take a look at it. So basically, mm-hmm. I convinced my parents to probably spend like a lot of money for a year of schooling. Uh, 
And anyway, they I remember uh, started doing classes. <laughs> you convinced your parents to send you to Catholic school on a whim? Because there was my best friend there. And I guess they were like, well, this kid needs every bit of help he can get. So maybe Absolutely. maybe Catholic school will instill some sense of values into him. I don't know. It'll probably be worth it. Uh, it, it didn't. But but the point is, is uh, they wanted me to start doing my work in cursive when I had to turn it in. And I didn't even know what the word meant. Like, what do you mean cursive? And she's like, script. Like, what do you mean script <laughs> she's like this right here and she pointed to me and be like i don't know how to do that <laughs> and they're like what you're in third grade oh boy we got to get you into a remedial class so it's actually really right. kind of cool because for an hour every day uh for about three or four months when i guess they were i don't remember what class they were doing but i was happy to miss it but i would end- probably probably reading maybe yeah <laughs> But I would go to a special little remedial class where there was like four other students and they would teach us cursive. And um, it didn't take me particularly long to learn it, uh, but it was something that I hadn't even been exposed to at all in uh, public school. So I found that actually quite fascinating. That Yeah, uh, it, it took me longer to uh, to learn how to – all the, the gang alphabets and stuff whenever I was doing <laughs> all that stupid shit. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at movies here, and I forgot one from my childhood that really made made an effect on me, and that was E.T. E.T. was amazing. Mm-hmm. That movie made me laugh. That movie made me cry. That movie gave me gave me hope. my first my first celebrity crush that didn't show me boob, uh, and that was Drew, that was Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, the little little child. She was the same same age that I was pretty much. Right. I may have actually been maybe a year or two older, which also may have started my my thing for younger women. I mean, what? <laughs> okay. And when I say when I say younger women, I mean, but you know, I hope you mean by two not, years and not six years old. <laughs> well, my wife is eight years old, younger than me, so I mean, but maybe that's still not a six year old. So, oh, okay. six year old. No, I'm not talking about minors. Okay, not okay. now. Good. When, whenever hate. when I was a minor. You know, because like Alyssa Milano, I had a big crush on her, and she was the same age as me from, you know, Who's the Boss and stuff. It's an age thing. Right. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Once I, I turned 18. I'm sure that's what you meant. That was, was not the sure our, our, you know, our friends and geekers knew the difference. Look, people who <laughs> listen to me on this podcast probably listen to me on Welcome to the Alamo, and they already know how fucked up I am if they listen to Welcome to the Alamo, so... But no, I am not talking about underage anything at this point in my life. No. But, but I, I do remember, uh, non sequitur, for that movie, it did start me with my love of Reese's Pieces. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what he used to lure him from his crash site or wherever. Yep. It, room and ever since as a kid I was like oh these are good um no 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 so I've loved Reese's Pieces ever since that movie and now that I'm looking at this list I mean we're gonna have to to wrap it up pretty soon yeah but uh a movie that I saw when I was a child that affected me and traumatized me (laughs) probably more than any movie and to this day 
even the music at the beginning of the movie makes me want to die inside. What? That sounds pretty intense, Ombre. The what Shining. The, oh, yes. That's... <laughs> yeah, that movie's jacked up. I mean, we... Even as even now, oh as almost God. an almost forty year old, the fucking the twins in the hallway, the 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 crazy lady in the the bedroom, uh, the fucking the dude, the music, yeah. I mean, uh, right. all of it. Even sh- what's her name, Shelley Long? That's not her name. Oh. Uh, the the lady who played Olive Oil in the Popeye movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Duval, uh, something Duval. Fuck, man. I should have wrote all this down. Anyway, I can't watch any of that movie. The beginning of it, when it just shows the mountains, and it's going through, you know, the, right, the scenery. Right, because it's so forlorn, man. There's, like, there's <sighs> hardly any talking in that whole scene. You're just along in a, uh, a car trip. I can distinctly capture that sense of being a kid when your parents are in the cars driving and nobody's really happy and nobody's really talking and you know you can't really do or say anything to make it better and you better not do anything to make it worse it'll all fall <laughs> on you so you just gotta kinda just sit there and it's just long hours of just driving and they that moment cause you're just going through the winding roads of that mountain right like back in the day when they when you traveled you actually had to have this giant paper map in front of you and you had to oh, yeah. course make your course ahead of time otherwise yep. you might get lost and man yeah no. how, I wonder how different my life or our lives would have been if we were born or if technology had advanced then like it is now it just it's a trip I mean, we would have been going a lot more places, and we would have known a whole lot more, but could have been in a whole lot more trouble. You know, there's no telling. Well, I I don't know if we would know so much more, because there's experiences and knowledges that we have that, uh, because of our lack of access to those technologies, that other people who take it for granted now can't understand or appreciate. You know, like actually having to look up That's a word... True at a library because you don't know what it means <laughs> and that's the only place you can go because there is no urban dictionary to look up snowball <laughs> <laughs> you've got to find some kind of archaic knowledge or perhaps a penthouse or somewhere or talk to your creepy old uncle or something like that so i mean there's definitely things that we know that they thankfully don't. i didn't i never had any creepy uncles well no but you know if you don't have a creepy uncle, you're the creepy uncle. That's what they say. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I can accept that, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. But that's just what they say. Yeah, just like I said, what other movies have Arnold Schwarzenegger done? And I skipped past Predator and fucking Terminator. <laughs> what the hell? Well, you know, I don't. Th- those are kind of minor movies in his franchise. Really? <laughs> then, uh, you can I'm looking be forgiven at, for forgetting those. I, I'm looking at uh, Willow. I used to love the shit out of some Willow. My girlfriend loves Willow. In fact, man, I, that's I where have... Mad Mardigan comes from. If it wasn't for that, Val Kilmer wouldn't be a household. Is he still a household name? Uh, <laughs> sort of, still, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe a small household. Uh, no, I honestly am. I don't think I saw that growing up. Um, 
And if so, I saw it one time when I was really, really young. I just don't remember because uh, it wasn't until I was dating my girlfriend that she was like, oh, you should see Willow. Let's go see it together. And I was like, okay. And I think I had seen it one time. But like I said, it was just so, so long ago. I didn't have any real memories of it. Um, Ooh, did, did you ever see Lady Hawk? Yes. Now, that movie I had seen, and I... And after she showed me Will, I was like, all right, well, here's my 80s movies, and um, I own it. And she, it's and a- she was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she was kind of um, – she really liked the fact that their curse was so different that they could never see each other because yeah. of, you know, the dawn and the sunset. Uh, Rutger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer? Yep. Was it Michelle Pfeiffer? It was. And then freaking Matthew Broderick was like – 10 years old yeah. or, but 16 years old or something right, right thank you thank you lord i know i never pray to you but if you <laughs> get me out of this i'll uh, love you forever and this and this and uh oh i see that you know you you know that i'm breaking the vow i just made to you 10 minutes ago but because you're the lord you already know this about me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you expected nothing different thank you thank you lord <laughs> such a good line man yeah no that's um, a great movie highly recommend it good action you know i think maybe we'll have to cap this off here and maybe come back to it at a later date and i'll make make notes because it's getting close to being time for me to shower and go to this god-awful job that i just got sounds great well i mean it's it's a job yeah it's an easy job but it's in a warehouse and there's no air which makes it which doubles up on it is because we make the plastic bottles, the jugs that kitty litter comes in. Okay, we don't have to deal with kitty litter. There's no smells or nothing, but we're around furnaces all day too. Yeah. So it's like 120 degrees in there, even when it's not hot outside. Jeez. They pro- they provide us with Gatorade and Gatorade popsicles and all that stuff, and it helps. But you still sweat through your shirt. Yeah. In the first first hour that you're there. So, once again, everybody. If you have a podcast, contact squishynossstudios at gmail.com and let me take care of you. Help me get out of these fucking warehouses, please. I'm going to edit all that out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you probably won't. <laughs> Fair enough. But but sometimes you just got to get it off your chest. And that's the miracle of technology. It can be erased forever and it never happens. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's another thing. I am so glad. That's one thing that I am glad that I didn't live in a, a technology era growing up because there is no pictures <laughs> and there is no videos oh, proving right. some of this shit. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Because, you know, you had to pull out a Polaroid or a big camera, and when that happened, then shit stopped. Right. You, you knew better, no, you know, or the first, the first time a flash went off, everybody stopped, you know. <sighs> So, this has been another episode of Always Bet on Geek. It wasn't quite as random. It'll get better. You know, I haven't smoked weed in a little while now, so I'm a little more on topic. Not as much, but you still get lost in the weeds here and there. But this was another episode of Always Bet on Geek. I've been your host, Marshall Squishy Nosink on Twitter, Gmail, Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at Always Bet on Geek and Gmail. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us on SoundCloud, newpodworldorder.com. And we'd like to thank we. Who's we? Uh, me and the wall, I guess. 
<laughs> would like to like to thank our co-host for coming in once again and talking some shit with me. Thank you, because Pat's, you know, the graveyard slacker diva. I'm just glad to be a part of it. Uh, always have fun. Love talking and hanging out with you guys. Um, thank you, Wall. You did a great job there. Uh, stoic <laughs> as always. But, you know, yes. you're always someone we can <laughs> lean on if we need to. <laughs> uh, but seriously, thank you guys for listening. I hope uh, we made you guys laugh. Maybe uh, you guys are, you know, enjoying a little nostalgia of your childhood movies yourselves. And uh, I'll be more than happy to be listening or joining in the next time there's an opportunity. All right. And I will add Pat's. Um, he likes to say, and we out. So I'll go back to an old episode and I'll pull it out so he can say, and we out. Appreciate you. Hey, 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 hey. Man boobs every day. We out. When someone asks you if you're a geek, you say yes. New Pod World Order. Hey, this is Jerry with NewPodWorldOrder.com. Just want to let you know we got a new service available for anybody with a podcast needs help polishing it up. We got podcast editing available through Squishy Nuts Studios. Rates are starting just at $30 an episode for the first two hours and $5 for every half hour thereafter. Want to hit up Marshall at squishynosstudios at gmail.com. Trust me, the guy will make your stuff sound good.